Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Embracing Revival, that's the series we are in because one, revival is already happening. Two, it has been prophesied that 2022 shall be a year of revival in Uganda by none less than Pastor Benihin. I believe that man is one of the most anointed human beings that have ever walked the planet of this planet. You see, uh, there are not many rivers and anointings don't come. You know, like there are people... For the football lovers, for example, uh, every generation has some great people that do things to a degree that defies normalcy. And every generation, they have the opportunity to live with those great people. Like this generation, for the people who love football, there are people like Ronaldo and Messi who have defied, they have redefined greatness in their sport. Do you get what I'm saying? People like Lewis Hamilton in Formula One, people who redefine greatness, Mike, Michael Jordan in basketball in his days, people who just take what seems to be a thing people enjoy, but they take it to the zenith of, yeah. So even, even in things of God, I need you to be keen on the people that God raises in every generation because unfortunately most people don't realize what God, what God is doing until it's over. And so we, are, we will not be those people. But we are embracing revival. And last week we started by talking about the fact that it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus. If you take Jesus out of the picture, whatever you're left with is not worth focusing on. Because he's the head of the church... He's our savior, he's our master, he's our Lord. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. And revival is a function of the Holy Spirit, by the way. But it starts with Jesus. The Bible declares that uh, you are all built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. You understand that? Now, having laid that foundation of Jesus, I want to show you a pattern that I feel is responsible for embracing, catalyzing, and sustaining revival. Because many times, people have studied revivals, they last not too long. Most revivals actually last like six months or less. On average, revivals last three years. If it really stretches like five years. And so... It's like a cycle. Things keep getting stuck and people keep looking around what's next, what's next. But I, I believe that in this, because William Seymour, I was listening to another book incidentally and this was opening in the opening chapter that William Seymour, the, the, the one of the people or the key leader who was behind the most, how do I put it? the most radical revival to ever hit planet earth. Perhaps only compared to that in the book of Acts was at Azusa Street 
between 1906 and 1909. And all that you see about Pentecostalism and charismatic Christians today in the world who probably number close to a billion, if not over, came from that one spot. And that man and Maria Woodworth Etta, they both prophesied that in a hundred years, he prophesied in 1910, that in a hundred years there would be a major revival that would hit the world, but it wouldn't be in one place. It would be in many places. He, he said it would be all over the world. So I want you to take Azusa Street for those who have read about it or listened to the book and then put it in every country. Because what happened then is that people went to Los Angeles to just catch the fire and take it back to their countries. Now imagine that that is happening everywhere. And you know what? I really believe that God is doing it. I believe God is doing it. So I feel like there has been spiritual pressure since 2010 for these things to happen. That's why you saw things like 77 dogs. This, the, the idea was for them to gather for 77 days. It ended up being more than three years of just, you can't even count the number of people who got saved in that event. But there have been many others everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. God is in a hurry. God is on the move. It's like, yesterday someone was testifying here. They went out for evangelism and it was drizzling, so they had to shelter and they were running out of time. So now they no longer had time to explain the gospel to everyone. He just found someone and says, Walokoka, Nedda, Oyagala Krokoka, yeah, prayed this prayer after me. That, that's, that's the ease I'm talking about. If you start minding the things of God, you're going to see incredible ease. It's going to come to you quickly. People who are planting locations in this era, you're blessed. Yeah, if you ask those who planted earlier on, yeah, it takes you about four years to get to 60 people or something. Yeah, now people are launching with a thousand people because the hunger is there. People have come to the realization that God is real and he's loving and that he, he means what he says to be God to us. Amen. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I feel like there's a, a pattern. And the pattern I'm seeing in scripture is four words. Praying, preaching, pastoring, and planting. Say with me. Praying, Amen. preaching, Amen. pastoring, planting. Say it again. Praying, Amen. preaching, Amen. pastoring, Amen. planting. So when you get into the taxi and they ask you, are you coming from church? Because of course they will tell because of the way you smell. Uh, uh, uh. Do you know you have a spiritual smell? Yeah. You have a spiritual smell. But Paul says we are a what? A, 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 a fragrance. Ah. My goodness. We are the aroma of Christ. He's not talking about Pierre Cardin or something. He's not talking about the, 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 the perfume you used this morning. And by God, I hope you used one. Because it's good for fellowship. But you have a spiritual smell as a believer. And, and you need to make sure it's the kind 
there, there is, you know, my teaching is good. Anyway, there are people who sometimes, because of their way of thinking, which leads to their words. The Bible says, take no thought, saying. Thinking it is one thing. Saying it establishes it in the spiritual realm. Because of their words, they attract demons. Yeah. I know as a Christian, you have met demon-possessed people. They don't necessarily look like demon-possessed people, but you can sense that this person is struggling with spiritual beings on their shoulders or something. They are not alone. There is a way they behave. There is a pattern in their lives. Like, like every, every bad thing that ever wanted to happen to a human being seems to find them. And sometimes it's because of spiritual carelessness. Yeah. You entertain depressive thoughts the whole time and then you say it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You know, the, the Bible talks about the confession of our faith. The, con our, the confession we possess is of our faith, not our reality. Yeah. It says, do, do not waver. Do not give up. Therefore, holy brethren, huh? yeah. let us hold fast the confession of our hope without, for he who promises, faithful. There's another one about Jesus. He says he's the high priest of our confession. Hebrews still. That, that's what he presides over what we confess. Lekete. Bregede. You see that other language, the demons don't click it. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. He's the apostle and high priest of our words. The things we say. So when you say that stuff, when, when you are a reporter, you, you just speak the Bible says we should all prophesy, not report. Yeah, reporters report what has happened. Prophets prophesy what should happen. That's the difference. I'm teaching better than you're listening. Amen. You're called to the ministry of prophecy, not journalism. Yakata. Journalism is a profession. Okay. How did we end here? I was still telling you about a smell. So, uh, your fragrance. So you, whether you like it or not, let me tell you, I'm not politicizing anything here. You carry a spiritual fragrance. And one either attracts demons and makes them very comfortable around you, and one attracts angels, scares demons, and just makes things happen for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you find some people, we are all born again, but some people walk in power and some people don't. It's not about the what you what you carry. Hey, if you've read some of those books of the men of old, God's generals and others, there was this guy. I remember this story. I wonder which book I read it. When he would enter town, he would get into a town before he even starts his meetings. I think it was Charles Finney or something like that. People start reporting to the police with stolen items. Yeah, they, they haven't, there is, no one has preached anything yet. The meetings haven't begun. But because he has shown up in the town, 
people who, who they just show up they're like I also don't know why I brought this thing back but I stole it they call that environment I read a post on Facebook from uh, what's his name I'm forgetting his name he, he's Catholic and we're talking about this uh, priest a certain priest in the, in the Catholic church here in Uganda who they were having a youth convention for Catholics in Kabale and everyone thought he was going to go on Tuesday the program said he was going on Tuesday but he was going on Thursday now the demons and the young people in Kabale started telling people you think that man is coming on Tuesday that man coming to oppress us but he's coming on Thursday he's not coming on today they even knew that day he's going now the guy is still in Kampala but the demons in Kabale know that he's going on Thursday, not Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And on Thursday, yeah? <laughs> the day the guy was going, while he was still miles away from Kabale, like Ntunga more what what. The chaos that broke out in the conference. Demons fleeing people. By the time he reached. Yeah, he just reached to, to, to teach and go. Because all the demons had this left before he. All of that to tell you that when you get into the taxi and they ask you what was preached, because they will suspect based on the smell, you, it's very easy for you to tell them. Yeah, tell them we're embracing revival and the pattern is what? Praying, preaching, pastoring, planting. Again, praying, preaching, pastoring, planting. Take me to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Are you able to read loudly? Let's go. One, two, three. Now, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the mouth. Hey. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples. You guys promised to read, and you are not reading that part I just said is not in the text. We start verse 2 again. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer unto the ministry of the word repeat with me verse 14 but we will give ourselves how long continually to what prayer and what else the ministry of the word that's a ministry of preaching the word are you with me so for those who may not know the background story I'll give you the short version Jesus told them the disciples, when he was about to go, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you 
in chapter 1 verse 8 and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost ends of the earth. Their response to this instruction and command was also in another instruction given earlier to go to what they call the upper room and start waiting on God in prayer. Are you, are you following? So we see in verse, we see in chapter one, verse, what verse is that? Yeah. Mm. Around verse 14, something going forward, sorted by not uh, uh, Mary. Uh, this all continued. Ah, here it is. Hey, it is verse 14. Praise God. Ah, I got a verse accurately. God is good. This is a year of ease indeed. Yeah, celebrate with me by reading the verse. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So they went into the upper room and started praying. And now this is the longest prayer meeting you have never attended because it lasted 10 days. And the Bible says there are 120 people there. Now imagine 120 people praying 10 days, not in tongues because the Holy Spirit hadn't come. Hey. So they prayed. They prayed, they prayed, they prayed. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's in chapter 2, verse 1, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, now they started to do that which Jesus told them to do only after the Holy Spirit has come, which was what? Preaching. So Peter proclaimed the gospel. Acts chapter 2. Most of Acts chapter 2 is Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, where he quotes Joel and other sources. And at the end of it all, 3,000 people came to the Lord. Are you following the story? Tell your neighbor I'm a good storyteller. I'm going to retell this story to someone. It is so good not to be retold. So are you seeing the order? So he tells them to wait on him. They go and start praying. The result of prayer is that you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be getting back to that, but I want you to know there is no magic. You either pray and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit or you don't pray and walk in your own power. That's it. Yeah. It's not too complicated. It's not a case of, Kale, God likes the other person so much, Kale. <laughs> no. God loves everyone and he has invited everyone to the <laughs> prayer meeting. Look, even Jesus, look, this is God's son. Even Jesus had to pray. In fact, <laughs> here is what, what a shock. Of all the people in this room, hmm? no one was more, is more prayerful than Jesus was. And yet Jesus was the begotten son of God and for us we are the engrafted, adopted children of God. Yeah. I'm preaching good. Yeah. No, no one. Yeah. I don't know anyone here. If you are here, please. 
man see me after the service. And they're like, you just haven't heard about me yet. You just haven't heard about me yet. But if you know how I pray, Jesus got nothing on me. I am prayer itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You haven't heard about me yet. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But soon you will, soon you will, soon you will. Because Jesus got nothing on me. Yet. No, 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 no. I, I, I have good evidence because I'm the pastor of this church that no one here has even attempted to pray like Jesus prayed. Yeah. Like I haven't, not even all these wonderful holy anointed pastors. No one has disappeared for 40 days and 40 nights into a wilderness only to return in the power. Hey. But tell your neighbor it's about to happen. (laughs) Where were we? The story. So, so they prayed, prayed 10 days, the Holy Spirit came, and then the result of that is that they started what? Preaching. Preaching. Now they were bold. Now they were no longer hiding. They were putting their lives on the line. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will put your life on the line. The things that used to scare you, like telling people about Jesus, you'll scare them. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to scare the things that used to scare you. Yeah, and because they were anointed, when they preached, people got saved. Like you worship harvest people, you are so anointed. When you preach, people get saved. Now what happens is that when people get saved, you have a new good problem. Because they've become a a church, a congregation. Because these 3,000 were among many, many people who had come on the day of Pentecost for a festival. A worship type thing. But then they got saved. And now they were there. And they were from many countries and the, 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 the impact on their lives was so much they didn't want to go back home. So the, the apostles had to figure out how to feed people. How to house people. You know when people have come from Budaka, uh, Kamoli, Iganga, name it, and, and they have jammed to go back because there's a revival at Nalia. So now you have to figure out where they will stay. And you have to figure out where they will, what they will eat. So that's how we get to this uh, chapter 6. Because now the numbers are growing. Because 3,000 in chapter 2, in chapter 5, is it? No, 4. In chapter 4. Meanwhile, between chapter 2 and 4, the Bible says God was adding daily. Then in chapter 4, thousand come to the Lord. So in a few chapters, this church has more than 10,000 people. That's going to happen to some people here when they plant churches. So now you have a new challenge because there are people to take care of. Hence the word pastoring, shepherding. You don't get people saved and leave them there for the devil to deal with them. Just like you don't give birth to children and leave them in the hospital. You take the new babies back home. So when you preach and do evangelism, you bring the People got saved back home. This is their spiritual home. 
or whichever church has reached them for the gospel, that is their spiritual home. And now you start pastoring them. Are you seeing the sequence? We started with what? Prayer. We started with praying. I like to use present continuous tense if you pass your English. We started with praying, which leads to preaching under the Holy Spirit. Lots of people getting saved. As a result, you have a congregation that needs what? Pastoring. Now, because of the rate of growth, because of the rate of growth and the need to reach more people, it becomes ineffective to keep everyone in one spot. That's why you have quarrels happening now over food. Because the people are too many. Managing the whole thing is complicated. So what's the logical thing to do? These people that you're pastoring here, you train them and disciple them to a stage where they too can go and start new churches. So they call that planting. And when they plant, what do they do? Praying, preaching, pastoring. And then they also what? Planting and then praying, preaching, pastoring, and then planting and then praying. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, many years ago, some of us, few people in the room here, were at St. Francis Chapel. That was our home church. And it was a lovely church. We had a lovely, lovely pastor, Uncle Ben and Auntie Joy who are our spiritual parents. Now, if we were still at St. Francis, <laughs> Stephen is like, eh? 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 If we were still at St. Francis, last year we planted 21 churches. We wouldn't, if we were still at St. Francis, this building wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be here. The church plants wouldn't be there. The 40,000 salvations of last year wouldn't be there. Am I making sense? So it makes sense to keep doing that. It feels like sometimes like a loss. Like, where is everyone? People are caught. We, we are starting new communities of people who are praying and preaching and pastoring so they can plant new communities. So we planted this church when we left St. Francis. We were at Katikati, Nakawa now. Then some people left there and planted here. Okay. Uh, then Subugas planted Gayaza. Then from Gayaza, Pastor Jose Anjalia planted Kawempe. Then from Kawempe, uh, the Mugisa has planted Matuga. Are you seeing, are you seeing the trend? Yeah. We, we came, the, the plant here, we planted Mukono. Mukono planted Jogo. Jogo is going to plant. What's that place? Na, na something. That's how it keeps going forward. So what are the four P's? Praying, preaching, pastoring, planting. That is the pattern that sustains revival. That's the pattern. Now, I want to show you something very interesting with the first two because they are foundational. The last two are a result of the first two. Pastoring and planting are a result of praying and preaching. Without praying and preaching, 
They, you will not have anyone to pastor. Yeah. Even if you add the title pastor to your name. Yeah. Yeah. What a shock. You'll be like, I'm past Mose. Then they say, Where is the people? They're in the spirit. I'm praying about it. No, 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 no. My friend, that's not how it works. You start with praying and preaching. That's praying and evangelism. And then there will be people to pastor who you equip and train and send out to plant new churches. And we are going to do this repeatedly until we fulfill Jesus' prophecy that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the nations. And then the end will come. Shout, I am participating. Okay. So, uh, today I want to show you the pattern of these two. Praying and preaching and how critical they are. You see here, the apostles said, guys, it may not look like work to you, but we are going to give ourselves continually to what? To prayer and the ministry of the word, which is preaching. Like, these are the things food, who missed what? We, because the apostles are foundational, of, it's a foundational office. It says you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the what? And the prophets. He gave some to be apostles. The Bible says God has appointed this in the church. First apostles, first. Who first? Apostles, they are foundational. So if they don't do the foundational work, then we can't have a church for other gifts and ministries to operate. We can't have room for the pastors to operate if we don't have people for the people to pastor. My goodness. So, are you with me? So they said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And you know there are people who are watching me at the different locations and hosting centers. By the way, greetings to all the new hosting centers launching today. Many of them in western Uganda. Some, a lot, some of them in West Nile, northern Uganda. East. We have lots of hosting centers. Probably more than uh, 50 or 60 hosting centers operation today. There are people God is calling to this business of giving ourselves huh? continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. We can't dodge it. We, it's undodgeable. Especially in this season 21. In this season 21, some of you actually need to take some hours of work to dig these wells praying and preaching. Yeah. I am hearing it. I'm hearing God saying that to us. It's a new year, so January can be busy. You're laying the foundation for the rest of the year. What? Charts, reports, profit, what? But some of you, God is telling you, I'm one of them. God is telling. Yeah, Moses, too busy for no good. 
I, I need you praying and preaching. Yeah. And some people are here in my category. You know yourselves. I will not do an altar call. And here is what's so funny. Some of you are even business people. And this is what God is calling you to. Not for the church, for your business. Uh, aren't we talking about ease? Aren't we talking about extraordinary? Yeah, there are people. God, you are a business person. And your whole idea of found, laying the thing for the speed of the business is hassle. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Praying. Preaching might be different in a business context. Might be casting vision and reaching new people. But that's it. So Colossians 4.24 says, uh, Colossians 4.2 to 4 says, continue earnestly, uh, there are people, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Do what? Continue. In other words, it's already happening. But it says don't stop. But he uses a very interesting word there. Honestly. Huh? Honestly. Yeah. Honesty is not. Uh, this means that w when you find resistance, sleep, what? Distractions, phone, name it, boyfriend. No. You, you have to go past the resistance so that you continue honestly in prayer. And use the word being vigilant. You know vigilant? When they tell you someone is vigilant, what picture of them do you have? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like soldier-like approach. But here is what's funny. If you look at the next verse, it will show you the twin relationship. Meanwhile, together, huh? praying also for us that what? God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm, I'm, I'm in chains. Now, who here thinks you want people to hear the gospel about Jesus more than God wants? You're like, I know God wants people to hear the gospel, but me? Huh? I really want more than God. Anyone? Okay, no one. Please don't put your hand up. It's a trick question, okay? See some people, you have to tell them that it's a trick question. Now, here is what's amazing to me. That the God who desperately wants people to know about him and has sent us as what? His ministers. Wants us to pray to him to open a door for us to be effective at it. It's amazing to me, but it's true. Yeah, never be there and think, God wants it, so if he wants it, mm, me and me have to help him. No, 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 no. We are co-laborers with him. So he's like, he's like, here is how you're going to ace it. Pray, pray to me. If you pray, I will open the doors. If you pray, I will open the doors. So praying and preaching go together. They are the root of revival 
Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. Very popular scripture says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Uh-huh. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Now, can you have some perseverance? Maybe, yeah. But he's saying all. That you, look, he's saying that when it comes to prayer, eh? Hmm. All perseverance. Why? Because there are things that will get in the way of your prayer life. Especially, the biggest thing that gets in the way of your prayer life is the idea that prayer doesn't look like a, like a thing. Yeah, like sending that email, texting that person, making that phone call, looks like real action. But being in a room, you're like, what's that? That's not work. Hey, it is real work. It requires perseverance. Yeah, it says be watchful. You see, that's how the devil delays what? Revivals. He gets people busy doing what they think is the real work, solving the problems of food distribution. And not giving themselves to this thing called prayer. But you, what's the purpose? We are now officially a praying church. Yeah. But see what happens in the next verse. You, you'll see that relationship soon. Uh-huh. And for me, that what? That utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's preaching. Are you with me? Hey. Look 5, 15-16. Are you there? It says, however, the report went around concerning him, who? Jesus. All the more, and what happened? Great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. That's preaching. What's the next word? Shout it out. What's the next word? So. What happened? He himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So, he knew that this whole business of people looking for him to be preaching to them and healing is not sustainable without praying. Yeah. So, in other words, all the preachers should get into praying and all the prayers should get into preaching. Yeah. All the preachers should get into praying and, and by preachers here, I mean you. <laughs> and all the praying people should get into what? Wow. Acts 13, I'm finishing. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, verse 2, shout it out, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Tell your neighbor, it's season 21. The Holy Spirit said, 
Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Away to do what? To preach. We shouldn't turn praying into some sort of ritual. Honestly, as far as if you think about it critically and strictly, the whole purpose of prayer is to preach. Yeah. You will receive power. How will you receive power? Through prayer, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and then you will be what? Witnesses, yeah. You pray to preach. Yeah, you pray to preach. You don't pray to feel good. Yeah, you can feel good, but you pray to preach. Hey. People, come, come, let's conclude this service. You pray to preach. So all the preachers should get praying and all the prayers should get preaching. All the preachers should get praying. All the prayers should get preaching. All the preachers should get praying. All the prayers should get preaching. All the preachers should get praying. All the prayers should get preaching. All the preachers should get praying. All the prayers should get preaching. All the preachers should get praying. All the prayers should get preaching. I'm going to alter that a little bit. All the people should get praying. <laughs> All the prayers should get preaching. Yeah. Uh, because some people are saying, fix. I'm not a preacher. No praying. No, 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 no. My friend. All the people should get praying and all the prayers should get that way we'll start pastoring and then planting so what are the four P's? praying, preaching, pastoring planting pastor B3 yeah wow come on help me appreciate apostle for such a powerful word this morning and how do we respond to this word we pray and ease and acceleration grace to pray there's a psalm that says blessed is the man or woman whom the Lord causes to approach him and dwell in his courts it is God who makes us desire to approach him it's God who makes us desire to be in the place of prayer and his word when it is taught like this grace has been released right now Grace to pray, grace to preach, grace to go out and do these things and to be part of a revival in our generation. So I'd like you to open your mouth right now and just start to pray. Pray in the spirit, pray with understanding, receive grace. Lord, I receive grace to pray. Lord, I receive grace to preach the gospel. I receive grace to have a fire for your things, oh Lord. I receive grace in my generation to be a participant and not a spectator in this revival. I receive grace to stay in prayer, to persevere in prayer, to receive power, to go out, to preach the gospel, to not be afraid to preach the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. Right now, I just want you to go ahead and pray. Don't be, don't be passing. Close your eyes if you need to take away distractions. Just those few moments in the presence of God as you open your mouth and become a prophet in your own life right now. You're releasing something. 
Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are by the power of your Holy Spirit moving in this room and every room and every place where we are gathered today. And you are enduing us with power as we receive the power to pray, the power to pray, the power to preach. And we are going to go out today and we will have testimony. Today we will pray. Today we will preach. Yes, Lord, by power, by your power, by your power in us. We receive it, Lord, because your word has been preached and we have received something as your word was preached today, Lord. We receive it. If you want to pray in tongues right now, you can receive that gift. No one needs to touch you. You can open your mouth as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. And a new language is coming out. Don't let your mind deceive you. I see an army, an army being sent out in power. Endued with power to pray, to preach, to plant churches. Come now, Holy Spirit. We receive it, Lord. And as we continue to pray, I know that there are people here today. You are on God's mind, the Father. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. The first place that God wants you is as a son and as a daughter. The place of sonship, to be part of his family. God has already named himself the father, but you have to call out fatherhood. He says in John 1.12 that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. And today God wants to give you that right to be called a child of God. So if you're here in this room or any room or online and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today he wants to give you the right to be a child of God. Would you put your hand up today and say, I'm the one. I want to receive Jesus. I want to be called a child of God. I want him to be my father. Just put that hand up. Put that hand up boldly wherever you are. There is no fear in love. Your father is calling you home. Thank you, my sister. Pastor Julius is going to walk with you to the front. Just put those hands up. No fear. No fear. No fear in love. Yes, come on. Let there be celebration. I know there is still someone out there. God wants to give you the right to be called a child of God. He wants to break you off of some things that have reigned in your life and in your family. Today you'll be a prince, a princess, a child of God, an heir of his promises. Just, yes, I see that hand, my brother. Neighbors, you know what to do. Come on, come on, come on. Just Pastor Stephen Musumba, walk, walk to the front with him. Bring him to the front. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Chains are breaking. The rest of you continue to pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The enemy is losing. If you're still there, there is no fear. This is a family of believers. We love you. 
And we want you to come and join the family of your heavenly father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome home, my brother and my sister. We celebrate with you today. Welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. And we're going to pray with you and we know many others right now who have said yes to Jesus. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. We will help you. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe I am a child of God. Today I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hear the word calling. I hear the word calling. Jesus is calling someone. Someone young. Someone young. You are not a very old person. Jesus is calling you specifically. Now, in this moment, you feel attack to serve him beyond your peers. To go beyond what others will give ordinarily. To surpass. Exceeding greatness is for you. Surpassing grace is for you. As you respond to that. Everywhere, in different places, in this room, in different locations, I hear the word calling. Jesus is calling. He's going to give you surpassing grace to serve him in your generation with distinction. You will not be put to shame. There will be questions. There will be doubts. In the end, there will be proof that he's done who called you. Whoever you are, you should write this thing in a, one of the very important books that you have, a journal or something, and keep the day, keep the day, today, 16th John 2022 I, I sense a calling an extraordinary calling coming to a person watching me listening to me Father we thank you continue praying in the spirit just a moment let's lean in a bit thank you for healing thank you for healing we declare healing over you wherever you are that disease I cast it to the root no more shall it afflict you. No more shall it afflict you. Thank you, Jesus. Someone else is struggling with guilt. Guilt is not of God. The accused of the brethren accuse them day and night. Don't take that. Guilt is not your portion. Repentance is your portion. Just turn away and walk with Jesus. Guilt and regret and remorse we get we curse you bible says every tongue that rises against you shall condemn we condemn that tongue that rises against the children of god to accuse them day and night you are free you are free freedom there is freedom from addictions right now by this word by this word, there is freedom from addictions right now. By the word of the Lord, we bless you, we thank you. We honor you. 
Father, thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we are going to be a praying people, that we shall be a people who preach your word, and we shall pastor and plant churches. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to... May he give you peace. May you go out and prosper in all things. May he open doors for you. Doors to take you to new levels. And may he close all the doors that seek to bring harm. You shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. You are blessed. Your families are blessed. Your children shall serve the Lord in their generations. And you shall see the goodness of the Lord in this land of the living. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Thanks for coming out for Garage. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.